You're listening to Creative Voices, sponsored by Treebark Store. Hello and welcome to Creative Voices. This week we're joined by Keith and Emmett from All About Kombucha. Boys, feel free to go ahead and introduce yourself. Thanks, Jeff. Cheers to the intro. Hey, what's the story? So, just for the purposes of the, the listeners, we might get a, a sound check on what Keith sounds like. So, this is what I sound like. And then, uh, this is what I sound like. Apparently, so, we sound the exact same, though. <laughs> so the same. best of luck to everyone really? during the duration yeah, of the show. Like, yeah. No one's going to get in trouble, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, boys, um, I have your great product here in Treebark, and I've had it on many an occasion, and that's only one of a few things that you do. But for those of them out there who aren't familiar with you guys and your, your work, maybe a quick introduction would be good. Yeah, sure. So, myself and Emma began, we got back from, uh, well, I got back from Barcelona. Emma got back from a nice cycle around California, or America, should I say. And uh, we came back with the idea of creating a kombucha product. We had it a couple of times over in Vancouver, and we really fell in love with it. And I suppose we just wanted to create a product like that back here. And we began a food stop called Have a Nice Day. And we wanted to use the food stall as a platform to promote awareness, because we kind of figured that if we could create a food stall that attracted the same kind of people that it would for kombucha, we would give ourselves more of uh, an opportunity to spread the awareness of what the drink actually was. And we knew that going down to the market, we wanted to be busy, we wanted to meet people, but at that time, I think kombucha wasn't really at the stage to be able to hold its own. So we created a concept called Avonai Stay. So Avonai Stay is an avocado-themed food store, and that was used as a platform pretty much to promote kombucha as much as possible. We're down Tiny Traders. Shout out to Paul David Murphy. Yeah, do you want to continue a little bit, Emmett? Yeah, so basically that's what we do. We have a food stall and we have a kombucha product at this stage, but we, we love business. Like that's our main core love. It's not, we're not really in it for the kind of financial goals, but it's more like the creative aspect to it and the network aspect to it. We love a day which is like filled with like interacting with a load of different people from the community and you know getting stuff done and like working hard that's what like we're like all about really and then as well maybe in a bit more in depth uh for those who haven't had kombucha yet you could explain the product a bit yeah so kombucha is like a fermented tea product so we ferment ours at the moment for about two weeks and in that fermentation process healthy acids and bacteria are added to the product so when you're creating kombucha it's basically our kombucha is all organic, so it's organic teas, water, sugar, quite simple, and then organic flavorings are a- added after the first fer- fermentation. So what you have is this lightly fizzy product that's really healthy, it's low in sugar, low in calories, good for your, your microbiome, and you can actually feel it as you drink it. We have one flavor at the moment, which is like ginger and lemon, so we press all our ginger and lemon, and uh, we add that once the product is like finely fer- fermented and um, so we have that all dialed in at the moment then bottle it and label it and off to shops and restaurants it goes and you've been uh, and the coffee shops of course and the coffee yeah, shops and the coffee shops so they're favourite customers <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> nice I said you, you came with this first in, uh, in was it in Vancouver you first came across the yeah. kombucha yeah Emmett gave me the first time that I had kombucha I didn't like it at all Emmett just turned and he's like hey you gotta try this and I was like what is it and he put it in my hands and I remember trying it and I was like hmm what is that? And I was like, uh, but then as I kind of got down the bottle, I was like, that's actually not that bad. Yeah. It's one of those things that uh, you kind of, your body, your body wants it before your mind wants it, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting concept. Then when you think about the probiotics, you get that kind of like craving for it. 
So, yeah, it's a very fascinating product. And uh, you had no familiarity with it all None yourself, whatsoever. So. And that's the thing with kombucha. Everyone places, because it's a relatively new product, it's either the first time they tried it would be over in North America, their granny used to make it in their shed, or, you know, it's kind of just coming in now. So people's first experience with kombucha is what they set the taste of kombucha as. But because it varies so much, the fermentation time, the types of tea, the types of sugar, it has so many different flavor variables that are, it's just, you know, there's, it's, it's very difficult to get it consistent. So every kombucha is none of them the same. Yes, it's its own unique product. And very much so. You probably struck a good point there as well. People's experience or maybe exposure to it might have been from a homemade point of view, which yeah. is perfectly fine, but could be a vastly different product as well. Two different worlds. Yeah. And I imagine you're aiming for big consistency there. I mean, did you have to make any changes from where you started with the product first? Was there a lot of trial runs to find something that was mass market appeal? Yeah, well, we started doing a little bit of brewing over in Vancouver when we were drinking it there a lot. We were over there and we started our first business together, which is called Emerald Services. It was a landscape construction business. So basically that consisted of me and Keith in a van going around doing handyman jobs and then just doing cold calls. And that was our first bit of like real business. And whilst we were doing that, we drank lots of kombucha. Like that was our go-to drink when we were getting our lunch. And we didn't really know what it was at that stage, but we knew it was unbelievably lovely and it was a satisfying drink to have. Um, so we brewed a little bit over there in uh, Vancouver, but we didn't. We never really had the idea that we were going to go forward and do it as a business. But then Keith was really interested in the project. So when he was in Barcelona, he started doing trials ba- trial batches. So this is like a year and a half before we did our first sale in Ground and Co and Salt Hill. Between that, in that year and a half, we did a lot of experimentation with teas and vessels and everything and just like figuring out the whole like put it into the bottles and distribute it and like that was just a complete year and a half of learning and and trial and i apologize to anyone in the year and a half that got some (laughs) of those dodgy batches because (laughs) it did take a lot of figuring out but that's necessary too i think it's especially when you're you're trying to do something that you're interested in but is a new experience to you as well. It's completely necessary to find what suits both yourselves and your customers, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And do you think that the popularity of craft beer in the last few years and people's familiarity with that whole concept of fermentation and specialty products, would that have helped somewhat? I don't know. I think people are much more inclined to try craft-based products, but I don't know is craft associated with kombucha as of yet because it's, it's just so new. Yeah. You know, it's so very new. When it's nothing comparable for them to have. Yeah, but then when you peel it back and you look at like the production side, you can see the similarities. But from like, you know, external locus. Yeah, it's just they're they're they're, they're kind of you know, just not just not particularly compatible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's all it's a lot of it is craft at the moment. There's only a small num- number of uh, European kombucha companies that are kind of compared to the Amheuser Busch or yeah. you know these bigger drinks companies. So. It's basically like the craft beer industry five years into it, you know, all over the world because there's not that much knowledge within the industry of how to do it correctly. So it's like, it's very similar to the craft beer industry in that way that, you know, craft brewers, when they're starting off, they're just figuring it out. They're they're making makeshift uh, fermenters and they're just doing it in their back shed. Like, it's it's quite similar to that as in like, you need to have the same mechanical mindset as a craft brewer and we find that we've are we've created a lot of good uh, contacts within the craft beer industry people we've bought tanks off or 
we've just bought like different equipment and we constantly go back to them for asking about different problems that we need solutions for. And they're very helpful because everybody in the craft beer industry is just you know it's spot on, really supportive. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 a they're fantastic. Com- it's culture. just a great culture. It's yeah. a really good culture. Well, I think a, a lot of those people have gotten into that for the love of the product in the first place. No more than what you spoke about at the start about it not being a financial gain. Yeah. So I think as well they may have a memory of how it was for them when they started out and perhaps wishing someone had given them a bit of a push along the way. You know. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, and I think when people are sure of their own like experience or knowledge they don't have that same kind of fear of talking to someone else because you know everyone is competition to them at that early stage but if you go in and you know your stuff and like these beer brewers that have been and they've like studied it and they've got all these different degrees and a wealth of experience they're much more inclined to talk to other people because they don't see them as a threat yeah because they know what's unique about their own product uh, yeah they're sure but they know their product inside out and like that's I found that like a really cool thing within that culture yeah and you mentioned there a moment ago the the buying of tanks and so forth. Yeah, I believe you're pretty much are you almost pretty much finished the setup of a new brewery. Yeah, yeah, we're we're there thereabouts. We're just waiting on the electrical connection. Um, so that's just one of the learning things that we've got from setting up this new uh, facility here in my column. Um, Contact just, the ESB. Yeah, they're on project. In your project. They're in no rush to do anything. Uh, yeah. They may as well have a power outage at their head office because <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're impossible. Not, not known for moving fast, right? In nope. my experience. Nope. Yeah, but we're all set up there now. So we've moved from a two by three meter unit, which is like kind of the preliminary product was produced for the last five months, um, five or six months. I don't know. Maybe. I can't get off the top of my head now. <laughs> but anyway, it was, we, we started off there and did like the minimum viable product. And now we've moved into this new unit, which is 82 square meters. So a lot more space for production, big cold room down there. And from there, we're going to be producing a lot more kombucha. We wouldn't be able to tell exactly how many units, but we're just going to push to the absolute capacity. But we got a nice deal with rent and everything. So we're very happy with it. And we're going to just push on from there yeah. into Dublin into Dublin where, yeah. where everyone is going these days from Galway yeah, yeah. and uh, you're also looking potentially to expand into other other products as well uh, well other range of flavours and so forth I think is it yeah our raspberry flavour is about to go live now within the next week and um, Finbar just did the artwork for that so for each one of our oh, labels nice. we use a different artist and we rep them on the bottle because Kira Coogan did our first one and she does all the um, she transfers like the art from the different artists and she like you know makes it label friendly um, and a lot of people had nothing but like the most uh, they just loved her they loved her branding they really yeah. really loved her branding so we thought it was only fair to rep whoever has the credit for that and give it back yeah no, that's cool that's interesting yeah. yeah your own background then stepping back a bit further you mentioned the avocado food stall. Yeah. Was that something that you had any experience in before you dived into that as well? or No. Just no. pretty much hands-on and just go for it? Yeah, well, Keith's a massive foodie. And uh, me coming into the game, I wasn't as big a foodie as Keith, but I'm very mechanical and we can build stuff. So that's where we come together. I have the mechanical mind, he had the foodie mind. So we've kind of transferred the skills over to each other. And now I'm a lot more of a foodie than I was at the start. Yeah. And I'm no more mechanical than I was. <laughs> So you're playing off each other's strengths to some degree. Oh yeah, is, we have a serious partnership. That's uh, definitely something that's going to bring us into the future, yeah. bring us good success in what we do. Yeah. 
And in those initial early days when you were trialing out the kombucha and stuff, like what was it that gave you the, the confidence trying it with people to know that this was something that could be such a success? That's a great or, question. Were you, were you just, I wouldn't say hoping for the best. I don't, you, we, we've spoken on multiple episodes so far about sometimes how um, you're quite young looking at you anyways. I'm not going to have a guess, but you're young enough. Oh, the moisturizer I'm putting in it. Yeah, that's it's it. all kombucha. Yeah. It's yeah. all yeah. kombucha. Yeah. 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 And the, avocados. Like, the uh, <laughs> the na- naivety of youth sometimes in, in the most positive ways. Oh, great in the most positive <laughs> ways. Yeah, <laughs> most definitely. Ignorance is definitely bliss. Yeah. Well, it is when new businesses. It's, it's probably one of the best things you can do provided it works out, you know? Yeah. Well, you yeah. go in without any kind of preconceived notion. So, you know... Emmett's really mechanical so he was just like right this is how we'll set it up and he used his understanding of like the processes and stuff and kind of built around that and if you went in and you kind of had an understanding of what it was before you'd kind of confine yourself within those thoughts but when you kind of go in with an open mind you just figure it out yeah in a very simple yeah, yeah. matter of fact way and I suppose in that, in that regard then you, you just assume there's always a solution so you find one you know pretty yeah. much yeah you just gotta ask the right person read the right article or just keep on trying yeah. yeah well with the food stall it was I think it was less than a week and a half between idea coming into the mine to selling the first sandwich we were over in Belgium visiting the kombucha brewer over there that we had got in contact with a, a very sound guy called Wooter and he's taught us a lot about kombucha but that's off point but anyway after we came back from Belgium we just like launched an Instagram page and we we signed up for a tiny traders market so we just created the menu bought uh, a, little, a little hot plate for 20 euro off some guy in town that just sells hot, plate, hot plates alone you just knock on his door and he just comes out with a hot plate and you give him 20 quid I, I think that business model I think you should get that guy on the podcast like he's next but um, we just went down there we made a little menu got it from Mr. Price got some green things got some green paint and painted up this little box frame made out of an old crate and uh, just got some local produce and uh, we just banged out a few sandwiches and yeah, we sold a good few on the first day. Prices were very low. And uh, then we're like, feck it, this, is, this seems to be going well. And then it just, we kept developing every week. And that, like, that was going through all the painstaking things that you face when you go through, like, a, like just figuring everything out on, on the kind of prep side of things. And, and then we didn't have a clue where we were going with that one I say. We thought we were just going to do these, these farmers markets for a while. And then someone came down one day and she was eating a sandwich. She's like, this would be unreal at festivals. And we were like, yeah, she's like, you have to get into festivals. Like, this would be great. So Galway Food Festival was coming up after about three or four months of us doing the regular Saturdays. And we were like, oh, this is a big step up, but we'll give it a go. So we signed up for the Galway Food Festival, and that was a massive success. Like, big lines, everybody's loving the product. We've got some nice, like, branding and marketing done for it. And then out of that, we bought a van. So it was a fair success like yeah and then we just said okay well, let's just take on every festival we can get into this summer so we ended up doing all the pretty major festivals like body and soul was next that was massive like it was all over the shop like but we still did okay we still had, held it down yeah we had, <laughs> and we had it brought all our friends and we had a great buzz at it as well like enjoyed ourselves when we weren't serving sandwiches then we went on and we just ringing every festival and we were just like oh yeah take us on and like every festival that we contacted nearly wanted us there because like avocado sandwiches on demand like it's so random yeah. you know but it's different and it adds to events so we just, we just got into a lot of them and we did well like and now this summer we into every festival we want to get into like we're very picky now and you know <laughs> we've Good got to be. we've got exclusive like because yeah. we, we but um, uh, uh, when I say it's just a 
real events oriented thing now. But it's always been so much fun. Like at the very beginning at the farmers markets, the social buzz was like nothing else I'd ever experienced before. When you're down there and you're meeting so many new people and people are like happy with what you're giving them and your product and you get to kind of develop these like on a week on week relationships with people where they come down three, four, five times and you slowly begin to remember the names. Sometimes <laughs> get them mixed up. Every <laughs> once <never>. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway. And uh, yeah, it was just so much fun. Every single Saturday when it was finished, we were just well, what always on the points. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you had to. It just sounds like you've got that classic hospitality buzz going on there, lads. Yeah. Say for years, just doing it outdoors, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah more yeah. of a mobile, mobile unit. That's interesting. And um, what about juggling those two aspects? Then, I mean, you're at a stage with, you know, the all about kombucha, where it's. Well, that's what Emmett kind of referred to earlier on. Like, I think when he said it was kind of getting picky, it's picky because of time. Yeah. Just because time is now most definitely of the essence. Because the run up to a festival, you're it's like a good week before, then four or five days of, and then you know a couple of days after to kind of come back to reality. Yeah, and you so, don't really have any reference point as regards. I mean, you know how many people are at the festival. You know how many avocado sandwiches you're going to sell. Like that. Must no, have been you an don't. Interesting one the first time you. Uh, oh yeah, we did you sell out the first time? Uh, yeah, we sold out a good few of the events. Yeah, yeah. Which was, we thought was a good thing at the start when we were in. Uh, Getting into the food game, but we understand now it's just we sell out. It's not good kind of management. management we sell out, yeah. so I don't like. Contingency we don't advertise that anymore. If we yeah. sell out. Contingency plan is find out who and where is the closest to you for supplies and find out how you can get to them as quick as possible. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're in a, like a restaurant environment, you have your capacity because you know how many seats you have, and you have a general expectation of how quickly you can turn them around. Whereas yeah. if you have a big long queue of people in front of you, you're just going to keep. Oh, you keep the head down, you keep the anxiety down. Like, you know, you don't yeah. want to look up because you're like... <laughs> well, what we figured out is the bigger events that people camp at, they always want breakfast in the morning. No one's really doing the specialist breakfast at these events yet because we our peak times are between 9 in the morning to about 4 in the evening and then it'll die down a little bit if this is at, like, a music festival. Um, but what we have created is our own system that's completely unique to us of like delivering these avocado sandwiches as efficiently as possible. So we're constantly working on that. And so even if we are busy between nine and four, we're very busy between nine and four. So it's all about that system and proving that. So even if there's other stalls that are doing well between four and 10 because they do dinner, we still have done like a really strong trade in the morning. So that's what we're focusing on anymore. And then just winding back and enjoying the night, you know? Sounds like you're getting the best of both worlds when you're at the festival, so really. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're up, you're up in the morning, you know, you're just, everyone's there, the pace is up, um, and our team at the moment is extremely strong. You yeah. know, it's, it's phenomenal to see where people are coming in from wherever they might be working, Bank of Ireland, Cisco, all these different kind of diff- industries. But when they come and we're all working with Have a Nice Day, the tunes are going, the food is good, people are like, you know, really getting into it. And a lot of them have previously worked in the service industry, so they miss that rush. Yeah. You know, so when it's they're sticky there, business, lads. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a sticky business. But when people are talking about it, they're like, when someone asks, like, oh, have you got a restaurant or do you do this? Like, their response is, no, we don't. We have this. And they talk from like a we point of view. Yeah. You know, so like, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's phenomenal because like that camaraderie between everyone at the stall before, during, and after. It's unbeatable. You get a strong team together, especially in that service environment. It's uh, it's something a bit different in fairness. Especially you can work alongside someone I find and you don't need to talk to them. Yeah. If you kind of understood each other enough that the, the movement just happens and you can trust the other person to do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's really important to having the staff so the person on the right and the person on your left you trust equally. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting because your story strikes me in some ways like it's not dissimilar to a couple of other young lads from Galway who've been doing a few things over the last few years. Yeah. Mm. Do you think is it a generational thing that you're just more willing to jump in and take a chance at something you love and the passion for travel? Through? Travel is so rife at the moment and I think a lot of a lot of industries are just being like innovation is coming in so very strong where people are traveling all across the world and they're bringing back all these different concepts of food and service and drink and atmosphere and they can bring them back home you know it's free to do that and then a lot of like maybe the older generations have kind of stuck their guns mm-hmm. in staying staple and like, this is the way it's done and this is the way it is and there's no room for innovation because they've gone into that industry and they think that they know it yeah. by knowing it they're not thinking outside the box yeah so yeah, I think it's moving with it. Yeah, I think it's created like a huge gap for a rush of innovation for people to come in and, you know, step it up a notch again. It also helps then as well, I suppose, that, you know, your market segment is probably people who have, if not extensively traveled, or have a friend who's traveled or have been exposed to stuff. And I know for me here, the amount of younger people we find who will come in and make a comment of, oh, this reminds me of a place in Berlin or reminds me of a place in Perth or whatever it might be. Like, yeah. you know, that influx of, um, Coolness. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was going to say experience, but we'll go with that. We'll, we'll take, take that one. We'll take that one. And uh, you also did quite well for yourself recently. I, I don't even try to remember the name of the award, but you won best startup, best, best startup, startup in Galway, best startup in Galway. That's yeah. easier than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, maybe tell us a little bit about that for a moment. <sighs> to be honest, it was the last thing that was on our mind that 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 whole day. Yeah. Um, because we had our inspection for the new brewery later on that day and yeah. we were working around the clock to get that done yeah, the HSE you know, inspection the HSE yeah. inspection what, what did I say the inspection oh yeah sorry the HSE inspection <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were working around the clock for that one trying to make sure everything was ready everything was spick and span called in some friends got them to give us a hand and uh, yeah the, the pitch just kind of it was on the same day as the inspection and I'd gone away a couple of weekends before for a boot camp which was run by Enterprise Ireland and um, yeah, we went in, I got up early that morning, rehearsed the pitch, pitched that at 11 o'clock, got back out. Then we had our meeting with the with the with our environmental health officer, which was good. It went really, really well. He uh, he just kind of pretty much gave us like a consultation session for three hours and told us what he'd do in our, in our shoes, which was great. And then after that, we said we'd go for a coffee and a pint, went to the awards ceremony and yeah, came to Best Startup and... They call out our names and Emma just made noises that I'd never heard him make before. <laughs> <laughs> so I went up, yeah, I think he also asked me to wear the mayor's chain, but the mayor, <laughs> the mayor declined. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was worth a shot, you know? Oh, definitely worth a shot, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a, it was a phenomenal, it was surreal. Yeah. But that, that validation of what you've been doing is nice though as well. Oh, massively, yeah. It's just, it's good. Like, like you're saying, taking on from the young people in Galway that have been trying these businesses and stuff. When I was doing my masters, I tried to, I attempted a masters when I came back from Vancouver because I, I thought I had to do, get a little bit more security. Thank God. But anyway, I dropped out of the masters because I just did, disliked it so much. Um, but I was looking at the other people in Galway at that stage that were winning these awards and doing so well, like, like the Dobros and Handsome Burgers were taking off at that stage. And I was like, oh, I can do that, but I'm just like, I'm not confident enough to do it yet, you know? <laughs> so it was massive full circle for us to get around and actually win that award. And now, you know, it's just, it's very satisfying that, like, all the work you put in, you get a, some recognition for it. Yeah, good, good to hear. And kind of circling back there again, you talked about, you came back from Vancouver, you came back from Barcelona. 
given your mindset and how kind of open you are to new ideas and, and passionate about stuff, what brought you back to Ireland? Because I know you're bringing something new to go away or whatever, but it seems in some ways like you would be more at home in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, what brought us back well basically we were doing our own business over there so we couldn't stay on and we were thinking about doing getting in with this carpenter for the, for the last couple of months just to try and get uh, sponsorship sponsorship yeah, and like we were all about getting sponsorship over there at one stage but then it was just Vancouver took its toll like it's a good it's a, it's a great outdoor spot but I don't know, I suppose we worked so hard over there to set up a business with no family, friends, tools, anything. Um, and that took its toll as well because we isolated ourselves a little bit. We did have a buzz over there, but uh, we worked really hard as well. Um, so we're, I don't know, I think we were happy to do something different after being over there for two years. Yeah. Um, like we definitely, we, we were going separate ways for a while anyway. So Keith wanted to go do a bit more traveling and I just... I had something gnawing at me about doing more education, just yeah. security. There's something in me, all oh, security, security. Even after being so free over in Vancouver, but I had to give that a go anyway. Um, <clears throat> but when we came back after a while, Galway just opened up like with a different mindset here. It felt completely different than what it was like when we left after we finished college. We were like, why can't we do everything that we did over in Vancouver here? And that's yeah. basically what we've done. Because, like, Vancouver was great because no one knew who you were. And I feel like in Galway, if you don't travel, you stay around, you you're, you don't understand it, but there's a, a stigma of doing things here um, that you're afraid. Because you you've grown up with everybody that's around here and all the older people and your peers and whatever. So if you step out and do something different, you're, there's something in the back of your mind. It's like, mm, can I really sell this stuff to these people? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you go over to Vancouver, you don't know anybody there. So you're knocking on doors and like, here, I'll build that fence for you. And they're like, oh, yeah, so, yeah, we're Emerald Services, you know. We can yeah. do any job. Like, We've got a uniform class. Trust us. Yeah. That fear of like pushing through the kind of business fear over there, that was really good because then when we came back, we didn't have that like starting a business for the first time fear. It was just more like, oh, okay, we can do this now. We've done this before. We have some experience. So. Yeah, and Galway is unbelievable. It's so supportive for young people starting businesses. It's incredible. And you just got to break out of that mold, that yeah. mold that you create for yourself. Because when you go away and you come back in, it's, it's you know, people are afraid that they might slip back into their old ways, their yeah. old mindsets. And it's just, you have to know and be aware that there is a mold that you can slip into, but it's the choice of not. Simple as of just not. Yeah, there's so much opportunity to, ha- to be had. Yeah. So maybe like being removed from that environment for a while, as well as having those experiences or you, you just had to do your own thing was well it, you know when when we were over there we had no one to fall back on like we had rent we had insurance we had to pay for the van we had to like do all these different but given that like, what, like I'm fascinated that you just decided to start your own business like fair play but like wouldn't it have been easy to just go over the, to Vancouver and just take a job it would have been like but then 99% of people do yeah but on the flip side like we'd go over to Vancouver Island we'd go hitchhiking and we were with some of my friends like oh we have to go back for work on Monday and myself and then we just turned to each other like another two days okay okay we'll do that yeah. and that freedom was the best okay. you know it was really 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 good where you could just if you're enjoying your time like why would you have to go back for work we solidified a relationship over there and just before we left we went to this disco in the Radisson and uh, we were we, went for, we were up at the bar having a few uh, beverages this is in college now this is yeah. like before just after college so we left 14 days after we finished our degree like I just went to this 
Canadian demo thing in one of the uh, in, on the concourse and I sat beside Keith after that and I was like here we should go to Canada and the other guy on my right hand side I was like yeah we should go to Canada and then they ended up both going to Canada but after you're very persuasive there <laughs> yeah, yeah I needed to get out of Galway I was sick to death of it buy kombucha <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> but me and Keith met at this uh, disco like about a month after disco sounds very retro when you're at uh, make yourself sound a little bit older than you are there in training yeah, yeah disco yeah. <laughs> very mature <laughs> for age but uh, we were like we were, we were drunk and we were, we were just talking to each other and then I Keith, I didn't know Keith was really interested in business and I'd done like a few small little mixer businesses before and I was very interested in it. and then we were just saying like yeah we should we should just go and like take over Vancouver like oh yeah and then we were both just agreeing with each other it's like yeah let's have a buzz over there let's just let's just create our own business and we didn't know what we were going to do originally it was going to be a disco night a disco night he's got sick in the discos a <laughs> night like a night where you'd be doing a bit of techno or something like that what and disco? Uh, that fell through that idea fell through but um, what we did notice over there that was there was so many um, landscape construction um, <coughs> vans going around and workers like working in the gardens and stuff and we're like this just doesn't happen in Ireland like, yeah. they were not, everywhere they keeping were up everywhere. with the Joneses was so prominent over there it was okay. like every single neighbourhood was like Desperate Housewives where one person was getting something done the other person would be looking at their blinds and they'd be like we're getting that done or there was like bands on sprinklers because they were experiencing a drought yeah. and other neighbours reporting on other neighbours because they were using their sprinklers at off times you know <laughs> like it was ridiculously competitive is it no fancy chances that business here that's too no, yeah, no it seems at the moment you could be doing you set up a landscape construction business here and you'd be flying it yeah. throw a brand on the side of the not van. too sure for how much longer but yeah, yeah. <laughs> and tell me this then as well I know for you I'm sure you probably come from a bit of a family legacy I know your dad I know you, he's always been a man to dabble in business as well yeah do you have anything similar in your own environment Keith or uh, not my immediate family no Go back a little bit more. My second cousin is Bobby Kerr. Okay. Yeah. So um, that'd be the closest thing. And then his dad set up the hotel and catering school down in Shannon. Mm. So that's Bobby again. So, yeah. you know, easy to remember the names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't stray too far there. <laughs> yeah. mm, fairness. Very original with the name going. Yeah. Uh, but I suppose for you, Emmett, like you, you'd seen that from probably a long enough time. Yeah, yeah. I've been involved in various businesses and so forth. Yeah, and I started work when I was 12 in Soup Valley, just doing small things like stacking the fridge and stuff for a couple of years and doing like one day a week there when I could. Because we just bought... Is that all? We bought the... Yeah, we'd start off with that. Okay. But I was... My parents were always talking about business every night and it just seeped into me between 12 and 18. So it was just like... It became really big on my agenda. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur like when I was very young. As in like, you know, you'd be in primary school and you'd be like right what do you want to be and I'd write entrepreneur and you so, can spell as well yeah, yeah, well, like, I still struggle <laughs> <laughs> I hopefully I could spell it back then spell it now but um, <laughs> no pressure right? yeah. you can jump it over after this E-N-T-R-E-T-R-P-R-E-N-E-U-R just broke into the alphabet more or less that's right is it E-N-T-R-E-P-R-E-N-E-U-R. Boolabos. There you go. Boolabos. Hey. 
But it's, 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 it's good because that could have gone either way. You said that every night was a conversation in your family about business. Like I've often come across people in that environment who then was the very last thing they wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know that for, and it, it happens funny enough, often enough though, because I know for my wife's younger brother, Stephen, who you guys know, he grew up in a family business, hospitality, and always swore he'd never work in it. And then ended up back in that, and he's now working in, actually in Vancouver in specialty coffee, yeah. and uh, is quite exceptional at working in that environment. Actually, he was just kind of made for it. Yeah, I, I often wonder is that exposure to it something that maybe people don't like that because they don't like to see what it does to their family. Yeah, yeah, no, I can understand that. That was partially my own decision to finish the restaurant when I could see at quite a young age the impact it was having on the kids and, and my time with them. Yeah, but it's it's like we said earlier on, man, it, it is a sticky business. It's something that people get away from for a while. They just can't seem to stay away from. Yeah. I yeah. do think it's that interaction and you need to be a sociable kind of person. Yeah. Whether or not you're good to remember names, but that the fun you can have and how it can make your day so much more enjoyable than mm. being stuck in an office environment or any other environment. And there's people who are happy doing that, but yeah. what I don't understand is the people who aren't happy doing that and have an idea about something else and can never actually quite make the jump to do it. Mm. You know, I mean, that's, again, maybe, as you said, being young and not naive, but in a good way, and maybe being willing to break the mold was, was what made it ha- happen for you guys so successfully. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're not success yet. Ah, well... We're getting, you're getting there, lads. You don't talk too hard on yourselves. You oh, know? We're, on, we're on the journey anyway. That's, yeah. that's, uh, we definitely know that. And we're enjoying every aspect and part of it yeah. so far. And we're loving, we're learning so much experiential stuff about business and about having a good network and stuff. All these things that they teach in college, but you just don't understand yeah, because yeah, yeah. no substance to it. Yeah, yeah. Like if you went back and did our commerce series again, which what me and Keith did. It'd be a completely different degree. Yeah, you'd love it. But you'd, yeah. you'd, you'd take I did a commerce degree as well. Did yeah. you? It's a great start. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a lot of beer and a little bit of studying. Yeah. I'm cramming more than studying. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're learning so much about network and just about... And just being sound. <laughs> yeah. And Especially when you're working out. in a small... I know that you are going to be nationwide or whatever, but when you're working in a small business environment like Galway, yeah. treating other people with respect and being fair to them is definitely worth a hell of a lot. Yeah, and getting to know people, and it's funny how Galway is quite insular and small, and yet in a positive way when you're in business. Yeah, you know, making those connections. I'm um, sure you know though, because you've been you've been in so many different industries. That been you know, a few now. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's small, but people have been through the struggle. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they kind of yeah. relate more so on that like micro scale too, because it is it is a bit of a microculture in Galway. Yeah, so when everyone has experienced that and they're helping each other out, it does come back. Uh, there was definitely, when we started out first, there was one or two particular individuals, who I won't name now because they're quite private individuals, but who gave me massive help in the early days Yeah, in both like lessons and experience and also introduced me to other people in the community. And I think without their help, it would have been a lot more difficult. Mm. So I'm always very conscious of that whenever I meet anyone who's in a new business as well. Because yeah. it's like you said, you know, comparable to the people in the craft beer industry it's, it's no skin of my nose it's not going to hurt me in any way in fact it could probably no. help me down the line you know and that's the vision that you have to have yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it should be that way it should be that way and I think yeah. the smaller more specialised industries are kind of moving that way yeah 
Um, a friend of mine works as a tattoo artist in Galway, and you know that there's been a bit of explosion of shops there recently in the last few years. Yeah. But they find that community quite supportive. Cool. To the point where they'll actually like send people to other shops going, no, you know what, you should go down to the guy down there, he's much better at that particular style of work. Nice. Yeah. And I found it too, even within the photography community in Galway, is quite good too. There is a willingness to pass work off to someone who's more suitable rather than just try and do it themselves, you know? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the way it's really good. Yeah. Because yeah. competition should be there to bring out the best in you. You know, it's there Should to like be. raise the yeah. raise the bar. Yeah. A lot of people didn't get that memo, though. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, or, to learn. or you become bitter over it. Like, what's yeah. the point of becoming bitter over it? Yeah. You know, it's just going to be in the back of your mind. Like, it's it'll it'll drive you to insanity. Yeah, yeah. I think the younger the industry's become, in some ways, that influence helps as well. You know. Mm. And um, how how long has it been, so guys, since you started up? Uh, for which one? Well, kombucha we'll go with. Uh, May 2018 was our first bottle of kombucha sold. Okay, so it was your birthday this month, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Where's birthday present? Really celebrate it. There's yeah. too much going on. You pretty much, uh, the guys from Calendar opened in May last year as well, actually. Yeah, yeah. Coffee. So, what's going on next, lads? What's the plans? Where are you, uh, what are you thinking? Plans are, we're going, we have a nice little, um, We've been working on something for the last couple of months for Have a Nice Day because obviously avocados are horrific for the environment. Yeah. You know, they take up a lot of water. And uh, something that both myself and Emma are quite concerned about. We're trying to keep our brewery as, like, as eco-friendly as possible, working towards that. And with the avocados, we decided to donate a certain percent of the profits from each and every festival. So at the end of this year, we're going to donate a certain percent of the profits to... And we're looking for a cause. We're kind of brainstorming and thinking like you know what would be a good cause to give it to like being specific and like you know something is along the lines of i don't know is there an association if anybody knows one do let us know that helps keep businesses in check green wise you know that kind of can help them help them about recycling and like the products they can use and the systems that they can use because you know with things like that you're kind of left to your own devices unless you're talking to other people but because it's a new industry that's still emerging it's kind of hard to know what the best approach is to take yeah. So um yeah. Something I actually may know a man who might be able to help you out there. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll take up his details after as we met him at a, a, a kind of efficiency conference for wanted purposes talking about how business could reduce their waste, reduce yeah. their packaging, reduce their electrical usage and so forth. And he, he went through a few case studies with certain business in Galway and it was just astonishing by even just changing the light bulbs in a factory. Really? The impact it had across the year was just Staggering numbers. Mm, Staggering okay, yeah. numbers. And uh, raspberry flavor about to be launched as well. Yeah, we have, we'll have an exciting week over the next two weeks because we're actually in the Grow with Aldi program as well. We we pitched the Aldi about a couple of months back there and uh, we're going to be one of the companies that are going to be going into Aldi for two weeks from the 6th of June for two weeks so we'll be in every Aldi in Ireland with their ginger and lemon kombucha just for two weeks so it's going to be a great way of launching across the country and getting our taste out to everybody uh, who wants to try our kombucha in all, all across every county I suppose so yeah. we're buzzing with that and we've been working really hard towards that and we're releasing our raspberry as well this week or next week whichever whenever the labels come really mm. and uh, so that's exciting as well and we're expanding into Dublin and more of Galway County and we got our first employee weeks. Sean Connolly Bracken as well so. <laughs> shout, out shout, Sean. shout out to Sean yeah senior systems senior systems yeah he's a systems man <laughs> or the self-proclaimed systems man yeah. yeah so everything's happening all at once now so it's all the work is paying off so nice yeah. 
So it's going to be an intense couple of weeks, so boys. Yeah, most definitely. Well, yeah, we'll be on the cold brews, Jeff. <laughs> no, yeah, I'll keep you. I'll keep you topped up. It's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's massive, lads. Every every Aldi in Ireland, that's going to be pretty. Yeah, there's 137 of them. So, well, it's, she's in yeah, so it's a big fat order. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a cool program, like Grow with Aldi. They're trying to they're trying to promote more organic, local products. Yeah. And so far, the amount of support they've given us has been fantastic. Yeah. Like they're really trying to push as much local produce as possible. And where does that go from there then? If it's a success, do they take you on in some shops? It'll be, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll know at the end of the two weeks. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be another another step. Fingers crossed for that one. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see because we're <clears throat> with their brand. We we're not sure where we want to bring it right now, but. Uh, we'd be delighted if Aldi wanted to keep us on, but we'll see if that's ex- where something that can happen. Yeah, yeah we'll see. it's we'll something see. that we'll we want to do. Yeah. So that's somewhat comparable, so to the Super Valley Food Academy kind of concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty much, yeah. It's it's a, very much along the similar lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a friend who went through that who did quite well actually. It's worked out very well for the business. So they're, in fairness, willing to support smaller local businesses. I think given the opportunity, most definitely. It's yeah. The expectation of people that they will be in these shops at, at going forward, like you know. Yeah. Okay, so talk to me about where people can find you guys, where they can physically buy your yeah, <laughs> where they can physically buy your product, and then if they want to get in touch with you guys online and so forth. Yeah, so at the moment now we're stocked in about forty-five different places across Goy. Um, some of my recent places would be uh, Caribou with their first bar. The Bond Secures just took us on. They've cleared out their entire fridge because they're going for a more healthy um, approach to their drinks. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, they're trying to bring that in across a couple of different hospitals across the country, which is really cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, and then, yeah, like be able to catch us at any of the major festivals. We'll be doing pints of kombucha. That's our new thing. We want to try and push kombucha so on draft. It'll be the kombucha with a pint head on it, so it looks like a lager. So we're we think that could be the future for a non-alcoholic beverage in bars as well because at the nice moment you can only get that uh, is actually a flipping brilliant idea lads oh it's a I, first I'm seeing it right now and it's it's looking great like yeah, yeah. Well, we were at Wellfest the, the biggest outdoor wellness festival in Europe uh, two weeks ago and that was the first time we did pints of kombucha and people were loving it because at a wellness festival you don't drink so yeah. people were kind of looking at other people with the pints of kombucha and were just like what? What's going I thought on? there was no lager here like yeah. so we're, we're thinking about going deep into this idea and actually creating some hoppy kombucha and working on our CO2 levels within the booch to create a nice thick head in it so yeah. at a festival near you you'll be walking around with a non-alcoholic kombucha that's great actually because you know half of that process of drinking sometimes is the psychological aspect of someone having it in their hand oh, and yeah, yeah, physically definitely. tipping away at the glass Fizzy so. refreshing and like you know it's a cure it's a mm. non-alcoholic cure too if you've had a rough night before like, <laughs> yeah. the booch does help sort it out yeah. yeah you said that to me a few times in fairness <laughs> yeah well that's what I'm using that's my voice <laughs> so it's definitely something we're looking into if bars were interested in taking on kegs of kombucha and putting a tap in yeah even as doing, you know, a little like special for a week, doing pints. Yeah, that'll be definitely open. Yeah, for it us. works really nice in cocktails too. Like you know, it's it's there to be drank. Yeah, we're definitely looking at so innovative possibilities. So yeah, yeah, innovate kombucha. Yeah, and if people want to see that list of stockists, do you have it on your website or? Yeah, it'll be up on our website now, so they can come check us out and see where we're at. Okay, yeah. is that all about kombucha.e? Yeah, yeah, all about kombucha.e. And then we're all about kombucha 
Uh, on Instagram and Facebook and Facebook yeah exactly okay. so if you want to get in touch with you guys that's probably the best way to find you yeah send yeah. us a DM on Instagram that's that's the easiest way of doing it nowadays anyway yeah oh, that's the easiest way for me as well mm. uh, so lads anything else you want to t- touch on before we go anything else you want to have a chat about oh yeah our values yeah we've created some values for all the businesses that we do so our values would be um, be sound that's number one Uncap creativity. So this is for uh, everybody that we're in touch with, like uh, people that we're selling to or uh, our customers that we have. Um, learn through resistance, cause minimal harm, and what's the last one? Practice self-realization through hard work. It's pretty solid words in fairness, lads. Yeah. yeah. So it's that's more, it's, they're the ones that we just, we want all of our businesses in the future and the ones that we have now to run through that so everybody that's investing in us or buying from us or selling raw materials to us we want them all you know, to, you know that's part well, of the well it's kind of like well. the five that we run as many ideas as well alright like even just thoughts and you know if it takes all those or has something that it needs from one more than the other yeah it's, that's so yeah. employees and everything we want them all to be on that buzz yeah well, I like the fact that you know a lot of people probably think and practice that but haven't actually sat down to take the time to consider it as a concept of their business you know yeah yeah and that's to be honest if you can keep doing what you're talking about there those five pillars and start making uh, non-alcoholic pints of kombucha and so forth <laughs> I think you'll do alright boys <laughs> well you can keep us in check Jack. hopefully yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll follow up with a, another podcast in a few yeah. months time and see yeah, yeah. Once you get that sweet Aldi money, it'll be too big for you, lads, you know? <laughs> oh, never. <laughs> we'll always be kicking around Galway, like, flushing down pints of kombucha. <laughs> well, boys, I think that should wrap it up for today. Um, thanks so much for joining me. Great to have you on the show. Thanks a million. Cheers, Jeff. Thanks for the cold brew. You're very welcome. I won't sleep tonight, but you probably won't. Tonight. <laughs> you probably won't, but that's okay. You, you get some crazy ideas out there. Yeah, I'm got creativity. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, that's it for today's episode of Creative Voices. Thanks for joining us, and we'll chat to you next week. Thanks for listening to Creative Voices. This podcast is sponsored by Treebark Store and produced by Peter B. Photography. For more information, find us on Instagram, treebark.store, or at p3b underscore photos. You can visit our website, treebarkstore.com, or p3bphotography.com. Thanks again, and catch you on the next episode.